everyone, uh, this is Ben Cohn here with a special episode of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with the great Tom Hartman. Uh, Tom Hartman, I'm going to have to do the intro, Tom, because uh, you, you've achieved a lot in the game, in the media world. So you're a very remarkable individual who has a great passion for progressive politics and social justice and environmental advocacy. Uh, it's made... Tom, one of the most respected and influential voices in American media, and he has a career spanning over four decades uh, where he has established himself as a prolific author, radio host, television personality, and political commentator. Uh, he's host of the nationally syndicated radio program, the Tom Hartman Program, the former host of The Big Picture on RT America, where he kindly invited me on as a guest some years ago. Uh, he's written over 30 books covering topics ranging from economics and politics to subjects like ADHD and mental health. He's also on Substack, where he writes the Tom Hartman Report. And uh, Tom, um, it's quite an exciting day, well, an exciting week in American politics and actually in the media, because uh, Tucker Carlson has been fired from Fox News. And I wanted to get your take on this, because I, I was thinking about this. If there's one person... I thought was the antithesis of Tucker Carlson, it would be you. Um, I don't know if that's, would you say that's fair? What's that? The antithesis? Yes. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to place myself on any spectrum that Tucker, Tucker Carlson is part of. <laughs> well, I think, you know, for, at least for me, that you're somebody who's fair, um, honest, balanced, um, committed to kind of open uh, reporting and transparency everything that Tucker Carlson is not. Um, Thank you. So anyway, what was your, what was your reaction to, to Tucker Carlson being fired? Or it wasn't, so, he was, uh, it was mutually parted ways according to the Fox statement. Um, yeah. But what was your reaction to this mutual parting of ways? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on it. The first was um, I'm assuming since his um, uh, executive producer was also fired, um, and the two of them are the villains or are among the principal villains in the lawsuit that the that a former female producer is bringing against the network for sexual harassment. Um, my guess was that it probably had something to do with that. And there were some large shoes to drop. Um, and it was probably compounded by the nasty things that he has said about the Murdoch family, um, you know, it, 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 when he was thought he was speaking privately and, and general, you know, Fox management. Um, so that was, you know, my first, my first thought was that, that, you know, it's probably palace intrigue. Um, but then um, I, I, I noticed that over the last uh, six or eight weeks, you know, since it came out that uh, Tucker had said that he hated Donald Trump, um, he has been aggressively sucking up to Donald Trump. Apparently the two of them are talking like every night on the phone, which is something that, Trump was doing with Hannity for quite some time um, during his uh, during his time in the White House and before. And um, now I'm wondering if uh, uh, Tucker Carlson might be the guy that Trump is looking to as his vice presidential candidate. Um, uh, Trump, uh, of course, took the White House with no political experience whatsoever, just you know, purely uh, based on celebrity, a celebrity that was largely created by NBC, teaching him, you know, how to how to do television and and then creating this uh, reality show in which he pretends to be a very, very successful businessman, which he is not. Every every business he's ever started has failed, uh, except for pieces of his real estate empire. And even those are, you know, basically only exist because he lied about things in order to get loans from banks. 
um, but he is perceived by Americans as being very successful. So he, he rode celebrity into the White House. If there's anybody out there who could ride celebrity into a vice presidential position, it would be Tucker Carlson. And, and he's got the skill set. I mean, you know, he used to debate uh, progressives on, on Crossfire on CNN. And it's kind of where he cut his teeth on this stuff. And I could just see him uh, just, you know, uh, really uh, doing well in a debate with Kamala Harris or anybody for that matter. And so I don't know if that's a, a wacky idea, Ben. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to hear that um, he's going to be uh, he's going to be Trump's VP. Oh, that's a very interesting take. I uh, I don't I you know um, I'd heard rumors that Carlson was being kind of touted as a potential running mate for Trump, even as a potential presidential candidate uh, because of his popularity with Fox News viewers. Um, but, you know, I, I guess my take on it thus far, I'm, I'm writing a big in-depth piece on this at the moment, um, is that Carlson appeared to have got too big for his boots. You know, he, he became too big, too fast for the network uh, and pissed off too many people inside of it. And, um, you know, he's learning very, very hard, the, the hard way that, you know, He's no star is bigger than the network. The network well, is that's what happened to CNN, but he failed up, right? Right, right, right. I mean, you know, I don't know, it's a bizarre spectacle. I, I, I thought that Tucker it would be incredibly difficult to get rid of Tucker Carlson given the grip he has over the kind of the MAGA mob, you know. I mean, he has the ear of the MAGA mob and, um, therefore controls the GOP. Um, and if you control the GOP, you know, you also have power in Fox News as well. So, and that power seems to have been taken away from him very quickly. I mean, it was the the speed at which he was fired. I mean, apparently he learned 10 minutes before. Uh, did, did you read about this? It was it was 10 yeah. minutes before he, um, before the public statement was released, he learned that he had been fired. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds like a, a kind of deliberate humiliation. I don't. I think that's. I mean, I've I've been in the media business for years, and in fact, I started uh, as a radio DJ when I was sixteen, and uh, that's normal in this industry because you you, you know the, the 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 company the broadcaster uh, wants to be the one to be ahead of the story, and they don't want to give the talent time to um, you know set up a response or 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 build a. Uh, um, a peanut gallery, you know, a, a, a group of people who are going to immediately freak out or have a pre pre-digested narrative. Um, so I, you know, they, they did the same thing to Don Lemon at CNN. And so I'm, and, and, and my recollection is that Bill O'Reilly got fired and with a, like a day's notice too. I, I, I may be wrong on that. You should fact check that, but that's my recollection. So I, and I've, I've known a number of people, you know, in the years I, for seven years, I was, you know, back in the sixties and the early seventies, I was a DJ for three years and I did news for, for five, six years. And, and, uh, you know, every time, every colleague of mine who was ever fired and the one time I was fired, um, it was always relatively instant. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I think it's the norm for the industry. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I guess the danger would would be to leave, give Tucker Carlson time to get out, you know, to to put out a statement of his own. That's right. To, because uh, it is the media. I mean, you know, it's it's the, you're, you're, the the business is also the 
the the zeitgeist. It's it's also the 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 water in which it's all swimming, you know. And and so uh, the, the first imperative of the business is to is to survive the firing, um, mm. and um, so it has to control the narrative. I mean, was it your perception that that Tucker Carlson was bigger than Fox News? I mean, I think that was at least for me. It did seem to be that way that that Tucker Carlson was almost unchallengeable like you couldn't get i don't know what what it would take to get rid of this guy the amount of vile bile that he spewed on a nightly basis and losing advertisers and you know um promoting conspiracy theories and it seemed like you know fox was scared of him was do you think that that's a correct perception i don't um the but it's a common one I mean, you know, people who have not worked in the media uh, very often, uh, or usually, in fact, you know, think that talent is is bigger than the media itself. Um, uh, you know, the, the the reason Harvey Weinstein was able to get away with what he got away with for so many years was because he knew that that's never the case. Um, it's the platform, stupid. The the if you take away a person's platform, whether it's their ability to star in a movie or their uh, their radio or television program, um, you, you can destroy them. And, uh, you know, if Limbaugh had lost all his radio stations, uh, he'd be like Bill O'Reilly, you know, doing a podcast from his basement now. Um, you, and, and, and the, the, the flip side of that is that there are just an extraordinary number of people who are extraordinarily talented, who, if they had the platform and, you know, I, I, I know a number of people who fall into this category who, who are, you know, doing podcasts or who are doing shows on smaller stations. And if they simply had a, a large platform, if they were on uh, CNN or MSNBC or Sirius XM or something like that, um, they could do as well as anybody else. They're, they're fully as talented. Um, and it, it, it's, we have this uh, meritocratic myth that's kind of built into American culture that uh, we transfer to people in the media, you know, the assumption that, um, you know, because a certain actor is, you know, Tom Cruise is incredibly famous, therefore he must be the world's most brilliant actor. He's a relatively mediocre actor, actually. Um, but um, he's, he's had the platform for years and years. And that's, that's the key to the whole thing. Uh, platform and, and this is something that the Republicans figured out in the early 1980s, um, you know, when, when Reagan ended the Fairness Doctrine in 87, and then, and then the, the big deal was when they got Clinton in 96 to sign the Telecommunications Act. So uh, Clear Channel went from, you know, uh, around 100 stations, which was the absolute legal limit at that time, and that was scattered across a bunch of states, to owning 1,000 stations within a year. And, you know, putting Limbaugh on those stations um, that, that is how, you know, that, that's, that's where the empire building happens. It's the, it's the suits, it's the corporations, it's the stations, it's the platforms. And, and therefore the, the first imperative of anybody who wants to be effective or have impact in the media has to be to build platform. Um, you know, when I, when I started my show, uh, 20 years ago, this last month, um, you know, it was it was on one little station in Burlington, Vermont, and the goal was always to get more, more, more platform, um, you know, on the assumption that I was not necessarily more or less talented than anybody else. But, um, you know, and, and so I've just, you know, I, I put on my business hat and approached it as a as a business person. 
and and built uh, you know a whole bunch of different stations and 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 whatnot and and, and you know I I'm I, personally I'm suffering under no illusions that if you know tomorrow morning um, you know my largest uh, affiliates if if uh, Sirius XM and a handful of large commercial radio stations were to drop me um, you know life would be very different. And but whatever talent I have or don't have wouldn't have changed. Interesting. I mean, so do you think Tucker Carlson uh, miscalculated this that he had in his mind, perhaps that he was bigger than the platform? I'm guessing that he knew that the, that the platform is everything. I, I think he thought that the boundaries were different um, because he'd been through it twice. I mean, you know, he was fired at CNN and what was the other network he worked? Was it MSNBC? Yeah, it was the MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, so he knows how the game is played and, and he knows where the real power is and the, and the real power is in the C-suite. You know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the owner owners of the platforms. Um, I'm, I'm just guessing that he thought that he was making them enough money that they would cut him uh, more latitude than they did ultimately. But I... I I can't imagine that he is shocked or surprised by this. I mean, because it, it seems that some of the the reports that we've been reading, right, um, coming from the Washington Post and coming from the Daily Beast and the Wall Street Journal, uh, that internal that Fox executives were very irate about other text messages that we, the public, hasn't been privy to. Right. So there were there was a lot more. Um, from Tucker Carlson, apparently very, very unpleasant towards executive, you know, news executives uh, within, you know, within the company, and that's what really sealed his fate. That he just, you know, he he was attacking, you know, uh, his, his bosses effectively, uh, and and that if that's correct, that would seem to be yeah. He he miscalculated how much latitude he had, um, yeah. or, or well, I mean. Um, and he never expected those things to go public. You know, I mean, loyalty is a BFD in 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 any business, mm. but in the business, it's it's particularly important because um, your talent is the f- the face of your of your of your corporation. Um, you know, uh, the, the the people who build the cars at General Motors are not the face of General Motors. It's it's Mary Barra, the CEO. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, in, in, uh, for Cumulus, you know, the, the face of the company was Rush Limbaugh, um, you know, or Clear Channel. I mean, you know, it's uh, for Fox News, the face of the company was Tucker Carlson. And so, uh, you know, the imperative that the senior executives have in protecting the interests of the shareholders and their own interests is to make sure that that talent is, is, is placing their loyalty to the network above pretty much everything else. And when it became obvious, I think, to them that Tucker Carlson had not been doing that, they correctly perceived him as a potential threat to them. And uh, so, you know, getting rid of him was just a reasonable business decision. But, I mean, it, it did seem, I mean, if you saw his sign-off on Friday night, you know, he seemed very, he was eating pizza with, uh, I forget who, what, someone, I, don't, I can't remember, someone um, he picked to, to seem like an everyman. You know, the, Tucker Carlson was a kind of an everyman uh, guy um, that he was one of the, one of the Fox News audience. You know, he was down with the Fox News audience uh, of of um, Middle America. Uh, seemed very cheery, very positive. Um, was looking forward to the next week, and then all of a sudden, you know, no job. Um, and 
<laughs> taken off of his perch very, very quickly. Uh, so, I mean, I I would like to think that this hurts him very badly. Um, is that do you, do you think the same? Is that is this going to have a big effect on him personally? It's going to depend on whether he can replatform himself. Um, you know, back to my my riff about platforms. The the platform is everything, um, mm. and, and so if he can get himself on uh, a, a another network and help build that network, I mean, OAN or Newsmax are the obvious ones. Uh, or if he can get into the the world of politics in a way that is uh, substantial, and I think you know the top of that pile would be VP for for Trump's candidacy, then uh, he'll come out of this uh, smelling like a rose. And even if Trump loses the election, I mean Tucker, I mean he was making thirty thirty five million bucks a year. He's got enough money that he doesn't need to work for a while. He can mm. play politics for a year and a half. And then when it's all done, uh, you know, I could see him picking some state where uh, uh, residency requirements for the Senate are not a big deal. And there's a, uh, a weak or retiring Republican incumbent and, and running for the United States Senate. I mean, I, you know, it's, he, this, this is a guy who's got major aspirations. I also am not sure, maybe you know, Ben, um, uh, you know, what happened with the Daily Caller. I, he, you know, he started that organization and... Um, uh, but I, I've heard that he sold it or he sold much of his interest in it. I, I just don't know. I don't have any idea. Um, but, you know, he may have other other media platforms to fall back on, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that the Daily Caller ever made, ever made any money. I forget who the billionaire backer was. They had some billionaire backer. Um, so I'm not sure it was, pro it was particularly lucrative. I'm sure he drew a salary from it. But I don't think it would have been worth worth anything. Um, as as I understand it, again, like this is speculative. I'm not, I'm certainly not an expert in um, everything daily call call it related, but um, yeah, I mean, I, my my guess is he goes to the Daily Wire. That that's that would be my guess if he doesn't have um, political aspirations. And I'm not, I'm personally not sure he has political aspirations because of just how different that world is. Mm. Um, and and um, you know when he has to get out there and actually, I mean Tucker Carlson pretends to like you know the, the everyman, but I you know I, I don't know if you saw that sort of farcical um, performance when he went to uh, a Hell's Angel funeral, Sunny something or other I forget who he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean when he kind of went and pretended that he was a fan of the Hell's Angels and that he knew everything about this guy Sonny Berger, whatever his name was, and. Um, it was sort of ludicrous. He looked very uncomfortable uh, around these people. Um, and, you know, not something that came naturally to him. I, I, that, that's my perception. I could, you know, could be wrong. I would have said that Donald Trump would never have actually run for president. So, yeah. Well, I think that's also true of people like Rick Scott, I mean, and Ted Cruz, who, who basically, you know, look down their nose on average working people. And yet, have successfully run for public office. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a very interesting theory. Um, my, my guess is again, my, my bet is on the daily wire. I'm sure Ben Shapiro would be, uh, very, very happy to add him to the roster of, you know, the Jordan Petersons and the Candace Owens and all the other whack jobs, um, they have over there. Uh, that would be a big coup for him. Um, but I mean, look, just, you know, to go back to to Tucker Carlson and his impact on the media and on society, what do you 
how powerful was he and how big an impact did he have on America? I, I also wouldn't uh, discount the possibility that he'll uh, do a Dan Abrams and try to create his own platform, by the way, um, which is you know, also very likely. Yeah. Also a very distinct possibility. I think that's yeah, I can easily see that happening and, and, and maybe do it in, in collaboration with a few other people. But he very much likes to run his own show um, in terms of his impact on America. I, you know, I, I think he 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 did essentially the same thing Donald Trump did, which is make it politically and socially acceptable to be a bigot. And, um, uh, you know, his promotion of the great replacement theory and all this kind of stuff. He's, he's uh, not just a bigot, a white supremacist, explicitly white supremacist bigot. And, uh, you know, there's no shortage of people who can do that. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that six months from now, we'll be looking at whoever Fox replaces him with going, Oh, that guy's a bigot <laughs> and he's making it acceptable. Right. Uh, you know, just like, you know, Tucker replacing Bill O'Reilly. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, from bigot to bigot. So, uh, you know, again, I, th I think that we, uh, as a society, this kind of starstruck uh, uh, culture that we live in, we wildly overestimate the importance and, and frankly, even the competence and talent of people who are in the public eye. And um, uh, and and we and we uh, overestimate their impact and their power. Um, Fox is what has transformed American politics. Rupert Murdoch is the guy who has transformed American politics. He also transformed British politics. I mean, he was behind Brexit. Yeah. He he transformed uh, uh, Australian politics. He got he got uh, Scott Morrison and and. Um, or not Scott Morrison, the, the other guy, and and uh, oh man, I'm, I'm forgetting my names of the of the of the Australian prime ministers. Um, uh, Kevin Rudd, he got Kevin Rudd fired. I mean, you know, he's he oh. uh, and Kevin Rudd then wrote an op-ed for the Sydney Morning Herald called uh, that was titled uh, "Rupert Murdoch is the Cancer at the Heart of Australian Democracy." Um, you know, uh, Rupert Murdoch understands it's all about the platform. It's it's never about the talent. And um, and Roger Ailes understood that, too. Uh, you let people think it's about the talent. You build stars, you create stars, but you can also destroy stars. And so, I mean, do you think that, that Fox uh, will want to destroy Tucker? Do you think that that's their objective in this? They must have thought about this quite carefully. I don't think they care. I, I think that they're 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 moving on to the next business framed step in in Rupert Murdoch's strategy to make the world safe for fascism um, uh, that you know he's he uh, is no fan of labor unions he's no fan of uh, gender or racial or religious diversity um, he's uh, you know he's he's done a marvelous job in Australia of kneecapping any motion toward doing something about climate change in a country that's now being very, very badly ravaged by climate change. Hmm. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, uh, Rupert Murdoch has an agenda, but, but I don't think it's frankly a political agenda. I think it's, I think his agenda was to become the seven, 72nd richest man in the world. And if you look at some of the early interviews with Murdoch, you certainly see this, um, that, you know, he understood that there is this, uh, what R Richard Nixon referred to as the silent majority. There's, there's this large number of people out there who are um, 
basically bigoted and narrow-minded in their worldviews, and um, and 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 you know, narcissistic essentially, and 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 also authoritarian leaning, uh, authoritarian followers, and that those people have never been successfully served by the media, and they've always felt like they were on the on the uh, on the crap end of the media, that they were the ones who were looked down on, they were the ones who were ridiculed. Um, I remember when I was a teenager uh, watching the Joe Pine show with my dad and uh, Joe Pine was kind of an early version of all this stuff. And, and he wouldn't, he would constantly talk about how the media is looking down on you as he's looking into the camera, you know, talking to the viewers. And that was Rush Limbaugh's main message is, you know, the, the, the lamestream media doesn't take you seriously. They don't think you're legitimate. They don't care about your concerns. Um, And, and that's, that's the message that that uh, Rupert Murdoch has been peddling now for 40 years, uh, or however long it's been, and 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 quite successfully. There's a market for it. It's the it's the message that uh, Father Coughlin was uh, peddling back in the 1930s. Um, it was the message that Joe McCarthy was using in the 1950s. Um, you know, when when he was uh, you know pitching his um, you know the Democrats are are the elitists and and don't ever don't ever use the word democratic to describe their party because it sounds too, too nice. Democratic sounds nice. Instead, call them, and, and this was McCarthy's you know, famous line, call them the Democrat party with an emphasis on the rat. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's become a religion in the Republican party now. Um, you know, is this idea that, that uh, the Democrats aren't even a real political party because they don't, they don't take seriously the concerns of, uh, of real America, the, the heartland is another you know, uh, one of these ways of expressing this idea that that we're the real people and we're the underappreciated people, and and uh, all these other people are you know a bunch of effing elitists, and uh, so that's what Murdoch sells, and 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 you know he's got a lot of t- there's no shortage of talent that's willing to go on the air and and sell that kind of a sales pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, again, this is just my perception of things as, as well, and um, you know. Uh, obviously feel free to disagree but I saw there being with Tucker Carlson in particular something qualitatively different though with Carlson's this brand of ethno-nationalism and as you say white supremacy that that was you know look the the Rush Limbaugh's and the Bill O'Reilly's like Bill O'Reilly compared to Tucker Carlson Bill O'Reilly seems like a kind of bastion of sanity compared to Tucker Carlson I mean Tucker Carlson was engaging in that some of the strangest, weirdest conspiracy theories that I, I never thought I would see that kind of stuff on on Fox News, you know, like the January 6th conspiracy theories and the FBI plot to, to uh, you know, January 6th and the fact he was claiming he was being spied on by the NSA and there were deep state plots everywhere. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the as you mentioned, the, the Great Replacement Theory. I mean, e- even for Fox, this stuff seemed to be just a, just a step too far you know you're verging into QAnon territory uh with this kind of stuff and i, I mean i know that the you know the the step isn't actually that far um but there does fox was you know within the realm of let's say no, no, normalcy but there you know I don't know. I felt like for, for 20 years, you kind of knew what you were going to get with uh, with the Fox News conservatives. It was kind of George W. Bush um, stuff. But, uh, you know, the standard neocon 
um, uh, you know, pro-life, pro-gun ideology. But then this new thing that Tucker Carlson came in with was, I don't know, it seemed just a lot nastier. It kind of reminded me of um, the Oswald Mosley effect. Um, this very strident brand and of of ethno nationalism, and it, I I thought for the first time in, in my, at least my life, I got an of how things ter- in Nazi Germany um, in the thirties, how quickly things devolved, and uh, you, you know, in a so called civilized society, um, that this kind of hatred and this kind of nuttery was mainstreamed. Um, and got and could turn very dark very quickly and and that seemed with Tucker Carlson something different does does that make sense it does and and the the uh, to to step back and take a very macro view of the whole thing um bill o'reilly uh, still believed and and i think still believes in democracy he's he's willing to game democracy he's willing to use things like voter suppression um, you know, stuff like that. But, but I think, you know, deep down inside, Bill O'Reilly and, and the conservatives of his generation still believe that, you know, democracy at the end of the day is probably a good thing. And that the challenge that they have is just convincing enough voters, you know, finding the right issues to, to vote on their way. I think what has happened, and, and in large part, this, this came about, um, really started in a big way in, in 2015 when Donald Trump entered the primary was is that the uh, the Republican Party uh, largely uh, has abandoned that perspective that democracy is a good thing and uh, and instead gone to the to, to the to the extreme to say that really the only good thing is power um, you know it's, it's it's sort of an Edmund Burke um uh, it goes even way beyond Edmund Burke, frankly, um, you know, uh, but Burke's, you know, famous saying that, you know, it does me no harm if uh, a person engaged in such a servile profession as candle maker, tallow maker or hairdresser is allowed uh, to uh, uh, to participate in democracy. But but if they are allowed to vote, it does considerable violence to society. Uh, I'm, I'm mangling the, the quote, but um you know, this, this idea that democracy is okay as long as we put guardrails around it so that, you know, the right people get elected, that sort of thing. But now we've got a Republican Party that is openly embracing fascism, that is openly embracing, and, and Tucker Carlson did, you know, uh, going, to, going to Hungary and meeting with Viktor Orban, who is no small-D Democrat, who's no fan of democracy, um, who used democracy to gain power, but now has completely restructured the system um, you know, much like Putin has that, you know, the, the, the reputed efforts of Carlson to get uh, Putin himself to come on his program and, and interview with him. Um, I, I, I believe that the Republican Party has ceased to be a, a functional part of a of the democratic process, small d democratic process um, of the American way, as it were and has become a, 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 a fully fascist or largely fascist uh, institution. And now, the question in my mind is, did Carlson see this coming out of the Republican Party and, and particularly out of Trump, who ran as an authoritarian? Um, did Carlson see this coming and, and change his tune? Because I think a lot of this on, on Carlson's part is really just in the last five years. Or 
did Carlson lead the charge and transform the Republican Party? And I'm inclined to think that Carlson followed rather than led. I, I again, I'm I'm very skeptical of the idea that you know any one person uh, with any particular skill set um, can have that kind of power. I think the, the, this is the kind of power. Once again, to use the media analogy. Um, you know, you've got the, the power brokers within the Republican Party, which is basically about, you know, 35 or 40 uh, right wing billionaires, um, maybe a, a, a couple of hundred multi uh, multi millionaires and um, the people within the institution of the party that they own. Um, you know, the, the, the Ronald Mc, uh, Romney McDaniels and, and, and whatnots. And. Um, they, in, in my opinion, those are the folks who have uh, really abandoned democracy. And, and Carlson and the media and Fox just kind of jumped on that bandwagon, uh, as did Donald Trump. Yeah, that's that's my perception of it as well. That's that's how I see it. it that's how I think it played out too. I don't think Tucker Carlson was the you know he don't think he created this this movement in America. I think he just you know licked his finger and saw which way the wind was blowing. Yep. Um, and as a result, you know, he he's a very, very skillful media operator uh, and quickly figured out that, you know, um, he could use his talents um, to become the, you know, the the voice of this new um, disenchanted, uh, I would say, largely white male grievance oriented uh, demographic that were lining up behind Trump and, you know, it all kind of started with the, I think the Breitbart movement was out at the front of this kind of stuff. That that's where I see a lot of this, this stuff was started with Breitbart yep. um, back in the, probably what the 2000 and it probably started with Sarah Palin, I would say. Um, and then you had the kind of Breitbart phenomena and that just took off. And I think Tucker Carlson studied that very, figured out exactly how he could manipulate uh, those people, um, those particular viewers. And um, you know, the fact that he was given a spot on Fox, I think, was a true sign of the times that the, the Murdoch family viewed Carlson as a sort of, um, you know, this is where the party was at, so that's where we're going to go. Um, but I, you know, part of me also thinks that that maybe his firing from Fox is potentially a sign that they're going to try, uh, you know, uh, maybe a more mainstream uh, Republican kind of um, route, you know, that they're going to look for, they're going to ma maybe move away from the ethno-nationalism on Fox News. Um, I don't know. I think Ron DeSantis was the big hope for the GOP. And uh, I think that they probably, the Murdochs want to move away from Trump. Um, but I don't know, you know, that would be, that would seem to me like maybe a strategically, you can see that they're, you know, why that would be uh, a, a reasonable strategy, right? That, that they want to get rid of the kind of ethno-nationalist um, Tucker Carlson type broadcasting and move towards kind of, uh, m more um, traditional Republican or more um, traditional conservative style of broadcasting. I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be, it's not a good idea for them from a business perspective because that is where the party is. The party, I mean, they it, the GOP is now a fascist party. Yeah, I, I would be astonished if they did. Um, 
and uh, I mean, I have uh, Australian friends. I've spent a lot of time in Australia and um, uh, over, uh, you know, since the mid nineties and, uh, you know, I've had more than a few opportunities to observe Murdoch media in Australia. And, uh, you know, I mean, he cut his teeth trashing the movement for Aboriginal rights in Australia and ridiculing it. Um, so I, I, I think that the whole um, ethno-nationalism and, and pseudo-racism stuff, uh, I would be absolutely astonished if Fox abandoned that. That's, that's their bread and butter. That, that has always been their bread and butter. Um, you know, in the UK, it's, you know, uh, picking on the packies is, uh, was the, the phrase I think that, that I've heard used. I don't know if that's a, if I'm being Yeah, racial. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, there, there are various, you know, the Murdoch empire in, in, the, in the UK, there's the respectable part, which, are, which is, you know, the Times which doesn't engage in that kind of stuff. But then you've got, you go lower down the, you know, lower down the food chain towards the, you know, the sun um, where they do engage in that kind of like race baiting stuff and anti-immigrant rhetoric. Um, so, you know, it depends where you are on the, uh, where you are in the Murdoch media. I think he, again, he, <laughs> Murdoch's all about the money. Um, well, and here he's got the Wall Street Journal for his respectability, uh, just like he has the Times in, in, in London. Uh, or in the UK, um, you know, which gives him lots of lots of room to be to be profitable <laughs> with Fox, you know, selling fascism. Right. I mean, well, look, just um, what impact do you think this is going to have on uh, Fox News and the media in general mo moving forward? I mean, this is it, it. It is a big moment. I do think it is a big moment that they that Tucker Carlson is gone because there's going to be um there is going to be a kind of a uh, a window um, where, or, or a vacuum rather, a power vacuum in Fox and in the media now that this huge voice of the alt-right movement is, has essentially been deplatformed. Um, so, you know, how, A, how quickly do you think it's going to be filled, the vacuum is going to be filled, and B, you know, what, what is, it, is, it, is this a positive, is this a negative I, I think it's stasis. I don't. I don't think anything is going to change. I, I I would be surprised if they haven't replaced him uh, with a new, you know, rising star or acknowledged, you know, star uh, within uh, three or four weeks. Um, you know, it might take a little longer than that, but I would be astonished if it did. Um, there's there's money to be made, and they can't lose their audience and their audience wants the racism their audience wants the fascism their audience wants to to do the the goose stepping in the and the and the high the sea hiles and uh, they're going to find somebody to 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 fill that slot who's going to do that and of course Hannity's continuing to do it and uh you know the whole grievance politics and everything and um i i just i, I think that uh, you know, as I, as I said earlier about, you know, uh, uh, talent versus platforms that um, we're massively overestimating the, the power, the impact and the uh, and the leverage that Tucker Carlson had at Fox and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and on American public opinion, frankly, I think he he was amplifying something that was there. Um, but he was not, I don't think that he was creating much. He was just, you know, bringing the, particularly with his, um, 
great replacement theory stuff, you know, just basically bringing the, the, the last dregs out of, out of the shadows and into, into respectability or at least respectability within the GOP, which is, which is enough for those people. Any names? Are there any um, hosts you've seen out there, any conservative talent you, you think might take his spot? I, I don't watch Fox. So, uh, you know, if I, if I were, if I were to watch Fox all day long for a week or so, I could probably identify the people that I think, you know, have the, the, the modicum of talent that it would take to be able to, to sit in that, in that chair at that time. Um, but I'm sorry, I don't. They, they, yeah, they, they may even reach out to you know you you mentioned uh, Ben Shapiro. They may they may even reach out to to some of the some of the younger you know podcast stars. Uh, I mean, who knows? But you know the, it's going to be the same old same old. Yeah, I've got a few the, the names that I've come up with. Are, I've got I've got Candace Owens, uh, and I've got Jordan Peterson. That those are the two names that I think that would be that Fox might you know. There's also, yeah, maybe Ben Shapiro. They, they might ask Ben Shapiro to do a show, although he has his own little media empire going on. Yeah. Um, although I don't know whether, you know, there would probably be some sort of, you know, they could do a deal with the Daily Wire. I, I have no idea. But those are the those are the kind of names I'd be looking at. Um, people who have that same kind of uh, uh, reach um, and voice as Tucker Carlson. Um I think some of those characters would be. I don't think Ben Shapiro is quite as dangerous as Tucker Carlson. Uh, I do think Jordan Peterson is, uh, and Candace Owens is bonkers. Um, she may be too bonkers for if, even for Fox, but I don't know. I mean, you know, the, I, I was surprised at how far they let Tucker Carlson go. So, I guess uh, my expectations are, are low. I think the network is obviously, you know, it's not a news network; it's a propaganda out, outfit. Uh, an increasingly dangerous one. It's getting more and more dangerous as the years go on, uh, and Trump is still a relevant force. Um, and look, Tom, just quickly before we, we we go, I wanted to get your your quick thoughts on 2024 and Trump. Uh, do you think he's the the nominee in 2024? And does he? You win? Know, I was I was discounting that Ben up until you know maybe two months ago and now it's it's because i thought desantis you know really had a chance but now that i've seen desantis in action um i don't you know i i, I mean it's not right you know four years ago this time you know everybody was talking about how scott walker was the great white hope you know for the republican party so right. um i i think that it's quite likely it'll be Trump, you know, barring a health emergency. I mean, keep in mind, he's 76 years old and he's obese. Mm. So. And and you think um, uh, Biden has enough to run on to, to beat him in 2024? I, well, I don't think he has a choice. Um, you know, Biden, Biden has a great track record at this point. Um, the only, the only, I think the, the only hesitancy Democrats have around him uh, by and large is his age. And he seems to be doing really well for 80 years old. And, and, you know, we're living in a, in a new era. The, the, uh, you know, politicians, 30 years ago, politicians were old in their sixties, but 30 years ago, people had in their sixties had smoked for most of their lives. Right. Um, and, and drank excessively, you know, because we just didn't know the dangers of uh, tobacco and alcohol. Now you've got people like Joe Biden, who's never smoked and doesn't, you know, doesn't drink uh, to excess anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's added a decade of life to, to those people 
you know, the, the lifespan of America in general has not gone up. In fact, it's gone down recently. Um, but that's because we still have, you know, a large percentage of the population that's smoking and drinking um, and, and eating crap food. Um, but I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Biden can hold it together for another four years. Yeah, I'm always t telling my dad, who's approaching 70, that uh, he should start thinking about running for office now. Um, that he's you know he's been retired for several years now, but I and he complains that you know he's getting getting older, and I'm like, well, in, in America, uh, you, you'd be you wouldn't even you'd be a, a youngin um, in yeah. terms of presidential politics, and and maybe yeah. thinking about getting into the game. Yeah, I'll be I'll be 72 next month. I mean, you know, so maybe that colors my perspective, but um, you know, I'm I I don't feel that different from how I felt in my 50s. You know. Uh, when you and I first met, and uh, or my early sixties, um, you look the I, same, Tom. We, I, you know, I saw you on the stream um, uh, just moments ago. You look, you, you look the same as you did ten years ago. So, uh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, listen, Tom. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, can you just tell um, banter readers and listeners where they can find you? Where's the best place to uh, to find you? And I'll put the links into the um, to the article as well. Yeah, the, the stuff, my, my daily writings uh, are free and they're at hartmanreport.com. That's a Substack newsletter. And then uh, our anything that has to do with radio or TV show, uh, tomtv, T-H-O-M.tv or tomhartman.com. Wonderful. And if you're not subscribed to, to the newsletter or the radio show, you're crazy. Uh, Tom is definitely one of the... Um, the, the best commentators in the game. And uh, it's been a, a real pleasure having you on, Tom. And, and, and good to hear your voice again. Thanks, Ben. It's great talking with you too. And, and it's, it's, it's great to hear your voice again too. It's been too long. Okay. Thanks, Tom.